Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, this is Chris with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Andrew Chang with Paxos and ItBit. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks, Chris. Uh, good to be here. Yeah, we're we're glad that you're here. So, um, tell us about ItBit and Paxos. Sure. Yeah, we've uh, been around since 2013 and had a bit of an interesting journey to getting to where we're at, uh, which is operating two very promising and interesting business. ItBit, which is a cryptocurrency custody and exchange, uh, as well as Paxos, uh, where we're building a private blockchain-based uh, clearing and settlement platform. Uh, the company really started in 2013 with uh, a focus on uh, Bitcoin, which was the predominant cryptocurrency at the time. Our co-founders, um, one of which is Chad Cascarillo, our CEO, really had a view of what Bitcoin could be back then uh, as a very interesting public distributed ledger. Um, and if you remember back in those days, uh, a lot of folks, including us, thought that Bitcoin would be um, this master public database that everyone would use for all sorts of purposes. And that's where uh, ITBIT was founded under the idea that um, creating a on-ramp and off-ramp to this master public database would require something that looked like an exchange. So buying and selling Bitcoin was a way to buy and sell expensive uh, and valuable real estate on this master database 
that um, everybody would use. And that was really kind of the original vision of why IPIT started and um, why uh, uh, the initial focus was on uh, being a Bitcoin exchange. And okay. fast forwarding in time, uh, it became uh, uh, very apparent that there was a space for um, private blockchains, and primarily because public blockchains has its, have its own uh, challenges, and it became clear over time that uh, companies and banks wouldn't want to necessarily use a public blockchain to put their assets on, and that's how we ended up uh, starting Paxos uh, to focus on building a private blockchain. Now, what are some other um, ways that private blockchains are more popular, I guess, with, with banks and other similar businesses? Yeah, I think there are, if you think about the characteristics of private blockchains versus public blockchains, um, it should be pretty apparent on why financial institutions would prefer bri uh, private blockchains. Um, public blockchains like Bitcoin, um, you know, are, uh, Bitcoin's anonymous. You don't know who is operating uh, the platform. Um, there's limited amounts of ability to program uh, on or in uh, Bitcoin to customize for asset classes. Um, you know, there's, uh, uh, there's fluctuations in Bitcoin uh, as an infrastructure given price fluctuations. And so you could see that uh, financial institutions as well as uh, other types of companies that uh, view blockchain technologies as an interesting databasing technology would want to remove those elements because they're not interested in um, some of those aspects. And so uh, creating a private blockchain uh, like we've done at Paxos allows us to customize it by the different asset classes that we want to put on our blockchain. And it gives us more control. It gives, uh, it's a closed network. So you don't have uh, anybody being able to join the platform. It's, uh, it's a, uh, a closed loop system so that um, it could be specifically geared towards uh, a single purpose versus a broader purpose. And is that, that's called bank chain, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Um, where is BankChain in its development and, and who is currently using it or who is on the horizon to be using it? Yeah, so we're still pre-launch. Uh, hope to be launching something uh, in the very uh, soon uh, near-term period. And uh, we've been working in the precious metal space uh, primarily. We're working on a couple of classes, but the one we've been public about is in precious metals. Um, and we have a team in London who are working with uh, the major uh, gold dealers. People are trading gold. And, um, you know, the platform is fairly straightforward in the way it works, where your assets are digitized and uh, tokenized onto our blockchain. And as two institutions trade, wherever they trade, uh, might be over the phone, um, they enter their settlement details through an API or uh, through our UI. And the, the confirmation and settlement of that trade happens over our blockchain. Okay, very good. And um, what do you kind of expect for the next year in, in your roadmap? For Paxos, um, we're pretty excited about uh, the launch within the precious metal space. And we're also working on another asset class here in the U.S. that we hope to be public and launched uh, with in, the, in 2018. Um, I think you're going to see from us and uh, hopefully other uh, blockchain companies a lot of unique um, implementations of real live blockchains um, uh, and not so much just uh, proof of concepts and 
other uh, test platforms. And so that's that's what uh, for Paxos uh, what our 2018 looks like. Okay. Um, going to a bank chain really quick. What are the things that are um, going to offer significant cost savings to potential customers? Yeah, I think as from a from a high level perspective, what we're trying to do with bank chain is reduce the settlement risk and um, reduce costs as we uh, reduce the settlement time to nearly instantaneous. So if you imagine right now it takes multiple days to clear and settle a transaction, that means you have uh, capital that is trapped uh, for uh, regulatory holding purposes. You have um, uh, additional costs associated with manual processes, people um, dealing with uh, confirmation mismatches or uh, breaks in communication. We're hoping to reduce all of that. So any costs associated with uh, manual processes and multi-settlement day processes, um, the reduction in settlement risk, and the freeing up of regulatory capital, that's what we hope uh, to be uh, bring as uh, the advantages of using our platform versus just the existing way it's done. Okay. And what are some developments that you've seen along the way or unique um unique situations that you've encountered that have required um, uh, different kind of solutions and how have you solved those problems? Yeah, I mean, I think some of the challenges we see broadly within the blockchain space is when you think about a trade uh, and the settlement of a trade, there's two legs of the trade, right? There's uh, the cash moving and the asset moving. And many people are trying to solve that using different solutions. But any solution that would require a uh, funding of a digitized token requires you to uh, put in capital to digitize it, right? And so where we think we're a little bit uniquely positioned and uh, a way that we've solved it is we're a New York State trust, and that's a regulatory designation that we uh, have had for a few years, and that started with our IPIT Bitcoin and custody business, Bitcoin exchange and custody business. and as a trust, we have certain um, abilities to move cash through existing uh, payment rails, which allows us to move cash and assets uh, at the same time. So that's been o- that's always been a challenge that people are trying to tackle. I think we've approached it from a different perspective and one that we've always uh, uh, pursued and leaned into, which is being a regulated institution. We're regulated by the New York Department of Financial Services. And... Um, we think that has the advantage of being able to access the existing financial infrastructure in a way that uh, that infrastructure is used to being interfaced with. And so that's been a huge um, selling point for being a complete platform versus just being software that is uh, is uh, being sold to, to banks. So we're a, a fully um, comprehensive platform you can join and uh, participants can move cash and assets uh, through our solution. Okay. Yeah. So that's cool. That that definitely offers another uh, level of trust for um, for consumers. Yeah. I think it's um, you know this goes back to our original uh, goal as IPIT uh, and the Bitcoin Exchange. Um, we always had an eye to be regulated. It's it, we took a couple of years, but we were the first uh, Bitcoin Exchange to be fully regulated as a New York State trust um, and. Uh, that is always how we've approached the market. Financial service is always very difficult in terms of the amount of regulation, and uh, but that regulation's there for a good reason, and we've always wanted to approach 
the financial world in a credible way and a way that uh, they're used to engaging. So that's why we've always done things uh, above board from a regulatory perspective. There's a high cost associated with it, but we think that that's the right way to approach um, you know, disrupting the existing world is to fully integrate and uh, be able to inter- interact with it. Yeah, that definitely sounds like a, a great way to transition from what's you know the, the previous or what's currently set and what will be the next development. So yeah, very cool on that. So I wanted to ask you a little bit more about what you see in the future of um, just the financial tech industry. Uh, I know we have a lot of talk about regulation and um, I'm just thinking beyond the regulatory talk, what kind of developments are you going to see here in the near term? Yeah, I think that's what we're seeing now and what we'll see, I I believe, in the next 12 to 18 months is what I call uh, blockchain 1.0. That's the very uh, basic uses of a blockchain that make the most obvious sense uh, given uh, the technology. I think earlier when blockchain technology and Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies came out, there was a lot of good ideas, but they were third or fourth or fifth generation ideas. It was like if it was 1996 and uh, companies like Google or Netscape or AOL hadn't been created yet, but someone was trying to propose Instagram, right? It's too many generations ahead uh, given the life cycle of new technologies. And so to me, it feels like what we're doing at Paxos with Bangchain, as well as other companies out there, we're laying down this foundational groundwork of what um, blockchain technologies can do. If you think about our platform, as I've described it, it's super simple, right? We're just digitizing assets and moving them uh, from one place to the other, uh, just more efficiently than it's done now. That's the building blocks. I think what we're going to see beyond that 18, 24, 36-month timeframe is Generation 2.0. So once those foundational blocks are laid down, then people can start innovating off those foundational blocks. But I don't think we're there yet. I mean, there's still a long road to go to have um, a lot of this kind of financial services innovation um, using new technology. There's, There's still a long way to go on that front, and uh, for good reason, since there's a huge, uh, hugely established infrastructure out there, and that's not easy to um, transform within a couple of years. So I think we'll start seeing that, and then once you see Generation 2.0 uh, take hold, um, then you'll see 3.0 and 4.0. But just like in 1996, nobody could have ever predicted what Snapchat would be, right? That's like seven generations in. I don't think we can even predict what that seventh generation blockchain uh, implementation looks like because we don't even, it's so far in the future that there's a lot of kind of incremental steps. And that's what we're doing at Paxos. We're trying to lay foundational groundwork in a very credible way um, to build the the very basic building blocks of uh, the initial use cases we're tackling. And we think that makes a very powerful business for the future. Uh, because those initial foundational building blocks are the ones that everything is going to stand on top of. And if you uh, are building those, you could become uh, a very important uh, company and a very, very valuable product uh, within the financial ecosystem. Now, what are, you, what are some of those other foundational aspects maybe that our listeners aren't quite aware of yet that are being uh, laid into the groundwork now? 
Yeah, I don't think they're that... I probably think that your listeners have heard of a lot of these things because it's all the most basic building blocks, right? It's a lot of how do you digitize what exists today that isn't digitized? Or how do you make it more efficient? Or how do you move, uh, in the financial world, how do you move value from one institution or one person to another? And I think you've seen a lot of companies out there that are tackling that, uh, those use cases. Um, and it's, uh, it's going to be, uh, we're going to need to see a couple of good examples of that. And that'll steamroll into the next thing and into the next thing and into the next thing. So um, a lot of the ones, I think, after the initial kind of hype of Bitcoin companies and blockchain companies died down in 2013, 2014, you saw a lot of the real players come out in terms of tackling that initial infrastructure. And, um, you know, I hope uh, to see uh, other companies um, on the same trajectory we're at, because I think that only supports what we're doing. And uh, with this whole industry and this technology being new, it's important that we see good, solid use cases and examples of what the technology can do and what it can't do. Uh, so that's that's what you know. My hope is that we see in the next 12 to 18 months here. What are you? What are some things that you're watching right now that um, maybe are a little bit too ambitious? to happen, maybe not necessarily in Paxos, but, you know, just in your personal purview? I don't know if I've seen much of this lately, but I would say in that initial period, um, you know, you're just seeing the analogy of those uh, far-flung ideas where, I can't think of a great example, but you're seeing ideas that assume a certain baseline infrastructure exists. So, for example, even for something like Bitcoin, where um, Bitcoin's promise and a lot of people where they see that it has a lot of value of moving value from, you know, one person to another without the limitations of, you know, the existing financial infrastructure. While it, it exists and you you can, but even that basic um, proposition still has its challenges, right? And people are trying to solve that uh, in terms of how do you get uh, convert fiat to crypto and crypto to fiat. How do you use uh, something like Bitcoin as a currency if, um, you know, given the volatility? So there's a lot of like uh, 1.0 questions that have been uh, still being asked and still haven't been fully answered. Um, but the ideas people were building on were ideas that um, uh, assume that those uh, problems were solved, which they still haven't been solved. I mean, there's there's very clever people that are building very interesting solutions to use, um, you know, Bitcoin or other crypto as payment rails or other um, uh, systems. They just, you know, again, you have to start at 1.0 uh, before, you know, you have to, you know, crawl before you walk, before you run. So that's that's just where I see people getting a little ahead of themselves. But those ideas never worked out anyways. I see le- much less of that now. I think people have really understood, hey, there's some fundamental um, challenges, just like with any new technology, whether it be the internet or social media or whatever it may be, um, there's a lot of uh, initial groundwork that needs to be laid, and uh, the initial hype uh, doesn't mean you can run faster. You still need to build uh, transformative uh, fundamentals and infrastructure to uh, support it. But I also think that that's a very um, uh, promising world that we're in right now because it is so powerful and people really do see value in what it could be that uh, the initial uh, uh, 
foundation that's laid is um, is going to take some time. That's how I, I think that's a good sign. What's the promise and value that you you personally see? Yeah, for for us, um, you know, I mentioned we have two businesses on the IPIT side. We want to be a safe, trusted uh, custodian of crypto assets, uh, and then we want to provide additional additional services on top of that. So we want to facilitate uh, being a custodian for financial institutions, um, whether that be hedge funds, family offices, uh, asset managers, whoever it may be, uh, a place they can feel comfortable uh, custodying their crypto assets, and then provide additional services like exchange services, and we have an OTC desk where we facilitate large trades. Um, we want to provide that to our customers. And that is, uh, you know, I think that's a very important role to play to bridge the crypto world with the existing financial infrastructure. Uh, and that's um, that bridge, which I feel like we've played since 2013 when the company started, uh, given the company's heritage in uh, a mix of tech and financial services. Uh, we think that's an important bridge. Without that bridge, um, we can't uh, bri- we can't stitch the two worlds together. Uh, and on the Paxo side, we hope um, again to uh, show how private blockchain and how a platform that's regulated uh, could be extremely powerful in reducing settlement risk and uh, costs associated with long settlement times. And that's just a world that shouldn't exist uh, given how digitized uh, the world is today. And so um, being able to leapfrog uh, a couple of steps in uh, technological evolution is something that we feel like we can do and provide a tremendous amount of value to our customers. Very good. Well, where can people find out more about um, your two companies? Um, our websites, uh, we have uh, itbit.com, that's I-T-B-I-T.com. Uh, that's our custody and exchange uh, for crypto assets. And Paxos.com is our uh, is the um, clearing and settlement platform. That's P-A-X-O-S.com. Uh, we have a ton of information uh, as well as a uh, uh, blog on both where you can learn more about what we're doing um, from there. Well, very good. Andrew, any final thoughts for our listeners before we go today? Um I would say this is a really interesting space. I think there's a lot of hype around uh, what's real and what's not. And I certainly appreciate the content that uh, you guys are putting out there because I think more voices you can hear from, uh, the more that your audience can really formulate a viewpoint on how this technology is going to evolve, particularly around um, its integration with the existing financial world. So um I appreciate the opportunity to come in here and, uh, you know, hope to uh, come back soon. Yeah, definitely. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today and taking your time. Yeah, thank you very much. Andrew Chang with Paxos.com and ItBit. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s. 
and the dot-com boom in the 1990s, and the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, in their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.